This episode of CBS Mornings on the Go will begin right after this. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Welcome to CBS Mornings. I'm Vladimir Dutier. I'm Michelle Miller. And I'm Errol Barnett. Let's begin with Black Friday. You mentioned that, Michelle. So remember those videos of people rushing into stores, the holiday rush that we saw across America, and you remember scenes of sharp elbows and even people fighting in the aisles as they try to grab the best bargains. I recall vividly Cabbage Patch Mania when I was Ooh, a kid. yeah. My dad braving the battle with other shoppers to bring home this coveted doll. So far this year, we really haven't seen any of that doesn't mean that shoppers will be buying less. An estimated 114 million Americans are expected to shop today. That's an increase from recent years, and many will do it online. Elise Preston is at a shopping center in New Jersey. Elise, good morning. What are you seeing? Good morning, Vlad. Well, definitely not those scenes that you painted earlier, but as soon as these doors opened here in Fairfield, New Jersey, shoppers started trickling in. This year may look different than in years past. Holiday bells harmonize with seasonal sales to usher in the most wonderful time of the year. Customers will be hitting stores all day long to kick off Black Friday. The National Retail Federation predicts more than 166 million people will make purchases this weekend, with 114 million planning to shop today online and in stores, even if the prices might be higher. How is inflation impacting? shoppers, particularly on Black Friday. We're seeing a lot of consumers say, I need to make every dollar count. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of focus on finding great deals and promotions. And that could be bringing some of the interest to this year to Thanksgiving weekend. The NRF predicts there will be 8 million more shoppers this year than last. For nearly 60% of shoppers, the deals are too good to pass up. Others say it's for tradition or a way to enjoy their time off. Where are people going to find the best deals? 
The hottest product categories are going to be electronics, like TVs, speakers, headphones, small kitchen appliances. So that's your air fryers, that's stand mixers. And finally, we think that there will be some great deals on board games and toys this holiday season. What is the best way of attacking getting all those deals this Black Friday weekend? You can create a wish list. What that allows you to do is kind of organize your thoughts, organize what you're going to get for folks, limit the additional spending that might be more impulse-based. Small tips will go a long way for saving big this weekend. Now, we don't see shoppers at the door, but I can assure you they are in the store right now. Last year's holiday sales totaled $889 billion, shattering previous records. The question this weekend, will new records be set? Michelle? Elise, thank you. Well, shoppers in Houston will have to watch out for heavy rain today. A storm is threatening potential flooding there. For a look at that and the chance of bad weather for travelers, let's go to meteorologist Stephanie Abrams with our partners over yeah. at the Weather Channel. Stephanie, good morning. Michelle, good morning. Unfortunately, as we head through our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we could have some travel troubles. Let's first hit the airports here and show you where we could have some problems today. And it's along the East Coast, anywhere from New York all the way down to Charlotte and also Atlanta. That's system number one. You can see system number two causing problems potentially in Houston and also into Dallas. Let's hit the roads as we head over the next couple of days as a lot of people are going to be wishing that they had maybe another setting on their windshield wipers with all the rain that's going to be coming to Tomorrow, it's the south. This is a system that is then going to move into the Midwest and the Northeast. But for Saturday, you're going to need nothing but your sunglasses as you're traveling. Look what happens on Sunday, though. So many people are traveling. We're talking rain and wind. This could be problematic for so many people headed home from the holiday. Watch the Weather Channel on cable or live on your favorite TV streaming devices. And then, Michelle, next week, there's yet another coast-to-coast storm that's going to be coming on in. So we're staying in a pretty active pattern. Maybe folks should just stay over Monday and avoid it altogether. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good Stephanie idea. Abrams. Yes. Thank you. Moving now to this, on Thanksgiving Day, President Biden addressed the mass shootings in Colorado and Virginia earlier this month, and he is now calling for more strict gun laws. The idea, the idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale for it except profit for the gun manufacturer. Can you do anything about gun laws during the lame duck, sir? I'm going to try. The reality is legislative action on guns will be more challenging when Republicans take control of the House come the new year. Weijia Zhang is traveling with the president on Nantucket Island, Massachusetts, and she joins us now. Weijia, good morning to you. Good morning, Errol, and good morning to everybody. President Biden went on to acknowledge that getting rid of assault rifles, of course, depends on whether or not he has the votes to pass legislation. And right now, it does not appear that he does. The Democratic-controlled House passed a bill to ban assault weapons earlier this year. But with such a narrow majority in the Senate, the measure hasn't had enough support to advance. Over the summer, the president did sign a bill that expanded background checks and added restrictions to who 
can purchase firearms. It also gave states incentives to pass so-called red flag laws that allow courts to remove weapons from people who are considered a threat to themselves or others. Yesterday, President Biden also spoke with the owners of Club Q in Colorado Springs. That is the LGBTQ plus nightclub where a gunman killed five people and injured 17 others last weekend. President Biden and the First Lady offered condolences and reaffirmed their support for the community. Michelle. Ouija, thank you. The president also said yesterday, this is no time to walk away from Ukraine. USA to that country will be an issue in the new Congress. He's pushing for billions more dollars in aid on top of advanced weapons systems and other assistance that have already helped Ukraine's military roll back Russian gains. Holly Williams spoke to Ukraine's former president about that American aid and why he believes it's crucial. Rocket systems to anti-tank missiles. American weapons have been game-changing in Ukraine, helping its soldiers recapture swaths of territory. I appreciate first, not congressmen, not administration, not even the president, but United States people. Petro Poroshenko is a former president of Ukraine who told us defeating Vladimir Putin in this country is really about defending democracy across the free world. This is uh, fighting not only for Ukraine. This is fighting for United States. This is fighting for the whole Western world. But last month, then House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy suggested Republicans could reassess military assistance to Ukraine if they won control of Congress, saying there should be no blank check. I mean, that's a Kremlin-quality fairy tale, but nonetheless, that's what's coming from uh, the Republican side. Retired General Ben Hodges commanded the U.S. Army in Europe. He's also critical of progressive Democrats in Congress who wrote a letter urging President Biden to use diplomacy to somehow end the war before hastily withdrawing it. Others in the U.S. even argue that Ukraine should give up territory in return for peace. Would it actually work? If you do that kind of a deal with Russia, can you trust them? Absolutely not. And then I would ask people, so which part of their country or, or their home state are they willing to give up? If, if Russia said, hey, look, we just want a little bit of Florida or let us have New England and then we'll promise not to use nuclear weapons. So they're pursuing the insane impeachment witch hunt. I've been Former President now. Donald Trump was impeached for abuse of power in 2019 after blocking nearly $400 million in military assistance to Ukraine and pressuring President Vladimir Zelensky to investigate discredited corruption allegations against his rival, Joe Biden. Now some Ukrainians fear they could again be held hostage to U.S. politics. My message to all of my friends from both Democrat and Republican, it should be a competition between you who do more for Ukrainian resilience for the global security. For CBS Mornings, Holly Williams, Kiev, Ukraine. We turn now to the coronavirus and a new headline that is getting a lot of attention. A new analysis by the Kaiser Family Foundation shows 58% of COVID deaths in August were people who have at one point received a vaccine. 
to tell us what's going on here. We're joined by CBS News contributor, Dr. Celine Gounder, who is also editor-at-large for public health at Kaiser Health News. Doctor, good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, so let's go through this headline. Uh, only 13% of Americans age 18 and older have gotten an updated booster. So will the boosters protect against the current variants of the COVID-19 uh, uh, infection that is going around now? And if someone gets that booster, more importantly, will they be protected in time for year-end gatherings? What we know is that getting an updated booster is better than not getting a booster. So it may not be perfect. It may not be perfectly matched against the currently circulating variants, but it is better than nothing. And if you are somebody who is 50 and over, if you're immunocompromised, if you're pregnant, it is especially important that you go out and you get a booster dose. But help me understand this headline because I've seen it trending on social media uh, that people who have received a, a vaccine but not necessarily a booster, are now succumbing to the virus. What does that mean? Well, this is something we've been trying to message since the beginning of vaccine rollout, that eventually when enough of the population is vaccinated, this is to be expected because so many people are vaccinated. Uh -huh. You're going to have some breakthroughs, some hospitalizations and deaths in that group. But I think the clear um, message to give people is currently today, if you have been vaccinated and you've gotten your updated booster, you are 15 one five, 15 times less likely to die than somebody who is not vaccinated. So a booster means you're up to date. So the vaccine, if you just, if you just have the initial vaccine, then it no longer is steady in keeping you um, protected. protected. Yeah. And especially, again, if you're over 50, if you're immunocompromised, if you're pregnant, your immune system just doesn't respond as well to the vaccine. And so especially for those groups, because you're at higher risk for progression to severe disease, you really need to go out and get that booster as soon as possible. And it does take about two weeks for that booster to really kick in. So take that into account as well. And it's, it's a reminder, too, that we could all use these reminders of basic things we've learned during the mm -hmm. pandemic that folks just aren't really um, up to speed on. What about those? There's some folks watching right now who have COVID. They may want to see relatives tomorrow or next week or at some point. What's the advice for recovery time? And is there really anything you can do to speed that up before you can see people? Well, there are medications, and I think this is something that people are forgetting. There are medications, an oral pill that you can be taking for COVID. It's been a little challenging, I think, for some people to access that. Part of that is doctors, unfortunately, don't understand. It's not how sick you are now. That's not what determines whether you should get treated with Paxlovid in particular, mm. but rather, are you at increased risk for progression of severe disease? So again, people over 50, people who ha are immunocompromised, people who have underlying medical conditions, those are the people, if you have COVID, you should get started on treatment right away. And one um, avenue that's opened up that will make it much easier to get this is CVS now has their pharmacist prescribing Paxlovid. So mm. you can go online to CVS, to their website, Follow the instructions, and you can get packs of it that way. Wow. Good to know. Good All right. To know. Dr. Celine Gowner, great to see you. Happy day after Thanksgiving as well. All right. The U.S. men's soccer team, moving to a topic I know about. They have a tough test ahead today at the World Cup. Team USA is going to play England, a traditional powerhouse that won its first game by four goals. Who am I going to root for here? If the U.S. <laughs> loses, it will be harder to get to the next round. Our Roxana Saberi is in Qatar, where uh, a game that just ended means a lot to the U.S. fans. Roxana, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Errol. Cheers broke out here in central Doha twice when Iran scored two quick goals in stoppage time, beating Wales 2-0. That means the U.S. has to perform well against Iran next week and against England today. After letting victory slip away in their first World Cup match, the U.S. is focused on facing their next opponent, England. A lot of star power, a lot of firepower, a lot of experience. Players Matt Turner and Walker Zimmerman are expecting a challenge. That's a very pivotal game for both sides. And I think the fact that you know there is a little bit of rivalry there uh, is going to add to it. That rivalry has history. In the 1950 World Cup, the U.S. beat England. In 2010, they tied. England's got more talent in soccer than the United States, and yet the U.S. has never lost to England in a World Cup. Why is that? It's a small sample size, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> Journalist Grant Wall says this U.S. team has a chance against England, too. The Americans are fearless against England. There's a real swagger on this U.S. team. Eight of the players on this squad play for clubs in England, so they're familiar with their style. But England is a tournament favorite, and it's expected to be one of the toughest teams the U.S. faces in this round. Meanwhile, controversy is rippling through the tournament. Germany's players posed for this photo in protest against FIFA's decision to ban teams from wearing armbands supporting LGBTQ rights. And today, Iran's players appeared to sing along during the anthem of the Islamic Republic of Iran. In their last match, they didn't, in a show of solidarity with anti-regime protesters getting killed in their homeland. I asked striker Mehdi Tarami if his team was concerned about repercussions. He said, we are not under any pressure. We just came here to play soccer. And today, before the Iran-Wales match, several fans told me stadium officials barred them from entering while wearing Women, Life, Freedom shirts, supporting protesters in Iran. The U.S. takes on Iran on Tuesday after facing England today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes Podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.